everyone, and welcome to the Sarah's Inn podcast. Today, we are going to discuss going back to school and the nuances of change in relationships and friendships. We here at Sarah's Inn understand that this can be a challenging time for kids and teens mentally and socially, so we want to discuss some advice on how to smoothen the transition. Today, I am joined by prevention educators Carolina and Maggie, who will help guide the discussion and give listeners tips on going back to school. Please enjoy this episode and listen for information on our upcoming bake sale and DVAM rally. Thanks for joining us, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having us. Good. Yes, I'm excited to be here. That makes me really happy. (laughs) (laughs) So back to school is coming up, which is your busiest time. You got a nice little break over the summer creating curriculum trying to organize your school calendar. So mm-hmm. you're really going to get into the throw of things soon. Oh, excited? Yes. Oh, yeah. Very excited. Very super, excited. Super stoked to be back. So let's start off with a question. So let's talk about you first. So what was your school experience when you were transitioning from middle school to high school? What was like the friend relationship dynamics for you? How did that play out? Well, for me, it was kind of jarring because I went from a pretty small middle school that was predominantly like immigrant based or a lot of like students of color and things like that. And my high school was predominantly white. So entering into that space and meeting all these new people was really fun, but also it was really jarring for me to suddenly go from being in a classroom full of like black and brown kids to being one out of like three and the rest of the kids being white and I was just kind of like oh this is very different than how I'm used to things being um but in terms of like my friendships and stuff I don't think a lot of things change I think if anything going into high school made our friend group a lot more like tight-knit because it meant that we were in a really new foreign space and we were kind of like we need to band together and like not lose each other but at the same time open up and allow other friendships to come in And so that, I think, was the other part was that I was so used to being not having to make new friends because these were people that I'd gone to school with for like eight plus years to having to be like, how how do you make a friend again? Like, how do you have these conversations? How do you pick and choose? Like, who are the people that you vibe with and stuff like that? So I think that was also the other part of the experience that was really jarring was like having to kind of like relearn how to make new friends. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Maggie? Hmm. My eighth grade to high school transition. So I went from a big middle school to an even bigger high school, um, both being in the Oak Park area. And I went in knowing that I wanted to play a sport, specifically volleyball. Um, So it was helpful to have that sport to know how to make friends or continue to make friends and continue to form connections and relationships, Um, but at the same time, I still really wanted to strengthen my middle school relationships as I moved into high school, and I definitely felt the shock of friendships changing and shifting, um, especially within the first couple of weeks, first couple of months of high school, where you, again, go from having your, you know, nice friend group size to You're now meeting all these new people from other middle schools and it kind of feels like you are like 
uh, small fish in the in the big ocean or whatever the saying yeah. is, right? <laughs> Especially when you go to school with, gosh, I don't know how many students were at my school. I think like 3,000 to 4,000. Wow, yeah, I had a very really? long graduation. Yeah. Um, so definitely felt big fish in a, in a, in a, or little fish in a big ocean vibes, but I, I think what was most helpful for me was getting into clubs and sports and meeting new people that way and also continuing to strengthen some middle school connections that I had. Yeah, wonderful. It's a really big adjustment. It's a really scary time. I know it's been some time since we've been out of school, but the dynamics have definitely changed. How do you feel being in schools all the time, the dynamics of um, high school or middle school has changed with the boost of technology and social media? Well, when I was in high school, we were barely being introduced to Snapchat and Instagram. TikTok wasn't even a thing. Um, I don't even think I had an official iPhone until like my second semester of freshman year. So the fact that we were just touching on it on the surface level, um, I remember experiencing a lot of anxiety when those specific apps came out like Snapchat and Instagram um, because it gave me this new feeling of I guess it's called FOMO, like fear of missing out. So if I was seeing something on Snapchat that I wasn't invited to or wasn't included in, it gave me this new sense of anxiety that I had never experienced before. So I truly cannot imagine what it's like going to school, now having a million other apps that do that exact same thing. Um, Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was... Facebook was the huge thing. Uh, Snapchat didn't come out until my sophomore year of high school. And so Facebook was really the thing that everybody used. Like, I remember the whole thing was, like, taking a bunch of pictures when you and your friends would hang out, like, selfies and all of that, and then, like, uploading them, like, onto Facebook so that everyone else could see, like, what you and your friends had been doing. And so with Snapchat, that was more of, like, an instant thing because it wasn't like you could do it in the moment it was like real time so I definitely agree with the FOMO of like then I could see what my friends were doing like in class when they would like use their phones and stuff or if they were like in lunch before me and they like got something really cool to eat or like they were hanging out with different people and things like that and so I think the dynamic has changed a lot especially for the kids these days with social media because I feel like especially, like, with TikTok and stuff, it's only heightened that anxiety that Maggie was talking about of just, like, always wanting to be in the know and to be part of stuff, but also feel like that you can't keep up with every single little thing that happens on social media and, like, trying to be a part of everything can also be extremely overwhelming and anxiety-inducing because when you miss out on something, then you, I feel like it makes you feel bad about yourself because you're not taking part in that thing. Yeah, exactly. I I have a very specific memory of being in seventh grade and sitting at the lunch table with my friends. And my friend goes over and she goes, you need to download Instagram right now. (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, you need to get on this app right now. And I was like, what is Instagram? Like, she was like, you just got to upload pictures, like upload (laughs) whatever you want and just get followers. And I was just so confused. Yeah. But like now, like kids who are in middle school, like are so good at like Instagram and Snapchat and they live their whole lives on it 
Mm-hmm. I feel like our age group specifically was like that last generation that wasn't raised by technology. Mm-hmm. It was still kind of like emerging when we were in middle school. Oh yeah, totally. And even more specific with, with technology, I mean, we walked into a kindergarten space and they knew how to surf the web. Really? Which is crazy to me. Yeah, like we they were pulling out their laptops or something and the teacher just instructed like, go to this website. So there's pros and cons to it all because technology will just continue to get bigger and, and more widely used. Um, so I think that type of dynamic has changed a lot as well. Like there were some skills, life skills, work skills that I had to learn kind of on my own outside of school that kids are now being taught in school, which I think that's pretty cool. It'll definitely give them a boost for yeah. for the future. Definitely. And like Maggie saying that makes me think of like my partner's sister is like six years old and like she's known how to use an iPad since she was like three. That's like crazy. she know she knew how to type in like the name of like her favorite YouTuber to like into the YouTube Google search to pull up those videos and stuff and I was like you're like three and a half years old like how do you know this why do you know this this and like it's just crazy to me to think about like how that stuff has changed like I remember when I was like in second grade and I was learning how to type on a very old-fashioned like clicky clacky keyboard and like they were and they would cover it with like the like you know how you can get like laptop key covers like yeah. the rubber ones they did that to like the that. keyboard and then they would be like don't that's how I know how to type without le- with looking at the screen and not at my keyboard because they made us learn how to do that yeah. where they were like you have to memorize like where all the keys are yeah. and I'm just like nowadays I'm like oh these kids can't even do that because they're just, they're just tapping, tapping on the, the screen. screen like they're tapping on the keyboard on the screen yeah. and that's nothing compared to typing on like an actual hard like real keyboard and I'm just like thinking about how that dynamic alone has changed when Maggie mentioned, like, work and, like, technical skills. Like, they're learning vastly different technical skills than we learned because the technology has developed so much that now it's not laptops or uh, old PCs with keyboards. It's an iPad or it's a tablet that doesn't require that unless a parent wants to get that attachment or if the school's going to teach them how to do that, but they don't, so. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, thank you for your thoughts. Like, it's really interesting because I don't go into the schools and see this, so it's nice to hear your stories. So let's um, go into the more relationship side of going back to school, and let's get a little deep. What is something you wish you knew about making friends when either entering a new grade, entering a different school, whether it's a transition from elementary to middle school, middle school to high school? What's something that you wish you knew that you look back on and you're like, wow, I wish I knew that it is okay to lose friends in the process of making friends. Um, For me, in the moment, it felt very real. It almost felt as if the world was ending if I lost a friend, especially if I had been friends with that person through elementary school, through middle school, whatever it might be. So I wish I knew that I would be okay and that I wouldn't need to try to force a friendship, force a relationship if we both found that it was time for us to take space or time for us to seek other relationships out. Yeah. It's kind of hard when you're young to learn that it's okay if some friendships or relationships fizzle out Mm -hmm. as time passes as you get older. Yeah. And it's kind of a hard concept to grasp when you are 14, 15, 16 years old. And as you get older into adulthood, you understand that there was a reason why Mm -hmm. this person is no longer in your life anymore. Whether it's for the best or the worst, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. 
uh, why we grow up and we move on. Uh, Caroline, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think one of the biggest things for me that I think I kind of knew, but it was more of a source of tension for me and my friends, but was something that I feel like I kind of had a handle on, was that you don't have to be friends with your friends, other friends. <laughs> like, when, yeah. if your friends get scooped up into, like, other friend groups, like, you don't have to force yourself to be friends with those people, but also that friendship isn't a competition. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the biggest thing that I didn't really understand until I got older and I realized that it felt very childish and weird that my friends would be very possessive about being, like, my so-called best friend. And I'd be like, this isn't a competition. I can have more than one quote-unquote best friend. It just means that we're closer than I am with, like, other people. But also, like, having... I remember specifically that one of my best friends in high school, she had made a new friend when we started our freshman year. And by sophomore year, she had become very uh, antagonistic towards me and kind of, like, competing for my friend's attention and all of those things and always giving me, like, nasty side-eye and dirty looks and stuff. And I remember that I had asked... I think I had asked her one day, like, you know, like, what's the problem? Like, why do we have an issue? Like, I, if I said something or if I did something, like, I'm sorry, but I don't know what the problem is. And she simply was like, you're trying to take my friend away from me. Ooh. And I was like, well, and at the time I responded probably the wrong way where I was like, well, I was her friend first. Ooh. So there's no way I could take someone away from you. But also I told her, if you want her, you can have her. She can make her own decisions. I'm just here to do what I want, mm -hmm. which I feel like is something that we always try to emphasize with our students is like, your friends make their own decisions, and if they end up making a choice that you're not comfortable with or you're not cool with, then you can walk away from that. And that's kind of what I told her is I was like, you know, I don't really care. It's up to her what her decision is, but if you're going to keep behaving like this, then I don't think that we can be friends. And I had wanted to be her friend, like, genuinely, because my best friend seemed, like, really excited to be friends with her, but she was very, like, cold towards me, and that's when, after we had that conversation, I told her, like, if you don't want to be friends with me, that's fine, but mm -hmm. don't put her in the middle yeah. and make her feel like she has to choose sides because, you know, I was, like, not to be cocky, but I think I know what side she's going to pick, and not to hurt your feelings, but <laughs> yeah. I don't want to put you in that position and make you lose a friend that seems to enjoy you as a friend mm -hmm. but I think that's something that I wish I think that's something that kids understand now is that friendship isn't a competition but I think it's the not you don't have to be friends with your friend with your friends other friends that they don't seem to grasp like they think they have to be friends or involved like with other people's friends groups and it's like no if you don't vibe with them you don't have to be a part of it so you guys are in schools a lot and I want to know what you believe is an important coping skill to have if kids are nervous about going back to school, which is a really real thing to be nervous about. I mean, I feel like I always got the first day jitters every year because I was like, what? I don't even know what to expect. New teachers, new people, uh, more difficult subjects maybe. So what would be some coping skills or strategies that y'all suggest for our listeners? One of my favorite things to do at the start of the new school year was to find a favorite teacher that I had throughout the school day so that no matter what was happening, what I was going through, I knew that, for instance, fourth period, I would be seeing Miss Johnson. So that helped me 
because it gave me reassurance that I would have someone to talk with if I was going through something tough or if I needed some advice. Um, so specific to going back to school, that was probably my favorite coping skill. And then sometimes it would stay the same teacher every year and sometimes it would change, but at least one trusted adult, one favorite teacher that I could trust and I could go to whenever I needed something. Yeah, that was the same thing for me. My freshman year was really difficult and I ended up uh, finding a support system in my English teacher, Mr. Smith. And so for the rest of high school, every morning I knew he would come in early, especially during the spring semester because he was the coach for the girls' soccer team. And so I would let myself into his classroom and I'd just be chilling in there at like 7.30 in the morning and he'd come in and he'd be like, okay, this is not your home, but also what's up? Like, I know you're here <laughs> for a reason. And then I would vent to him about either being stressed about classes or my friends or whatever. And he was really great at supporting me through all of that. My guidance counselor was also really great. She knew that I would get overwhelmed very easily in class sometimes, so she would always give me, at the beginning of the semester, like a pat, like a stack of like hall passes that she had already signed, and she'd be like, just whip this out and say that you have an appointment with me during class, and you can come and you can hang out in my office and talk to me, or you can just sit here and do homework, whatever you want, if you're getting overwhelmed. And so it was really nice having those trusted adults in my high school space, and then also, of course, always leaning on my friends, too, and actually opening up to them, because in middle school, I didn't really do that, but in high school, I realized, like, if I keep it all to myself, it's not going to get any better, and so leaning on my friends a lot more was also a really great coping skill to have in high school. Yeah, that's really nice that you both felt that you had an adult, whether it was a teacher, guidance counselor, etc., that you could rely on just to like even just do an emotional check-in with you when you needed it. That's great. We're going to take a quick break right now, but please listen to this commercial about our upcoming bake sale. Are you looking for a way to show off your baking skills while also taking action to end domestic violence? In just a few weeks, we'll be at the Oak Park Farmers Market selling baked goods to raise funds and raise awareness for Domestic Violence Action Month. Baked goods will be accepted Wednesday, September 13th from 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., Thursday, September 14th from 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and Friday, September 15th from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. at our office. For more information, you can email volunteering at sarazin.org. So get your ovens and aprons ready to sign up to bake. Together, we can improve the lives of those affected by domestic violence and break the cycle of violence for future generations. Thank you. Welcome back and thank you for rejoining us. We are discussing uh, mental health and relationships about going back to school. Our next question is how to protect your mental health during the school year and why it's so important. Mental health, especially during the school year, can get really affected because especially if you're going transitioning from middle school to high school, that in and of itself is like really stressful, but then you also add in like a ton of homework, new classes, new material, tests, group work, all of that stuff, but also one of the biggest things that we've been focusing on has been relationships. So the changing nature of your friendships, if you choose to explore romantic relationships, all of that also adds stress to your mental health. So making sure that you know coping skills, but also uh, checking in with yourself, I think is the biggest thing. If you don't know what you need to make yourself feel better, or you don't know what you need in the moment when you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling really stressed out, or things are impacting you or affecting you in a negative way, it's not gonna come out really well. And you need to make sure that you understand what you're feeling and what you're going through, but that also you know how to take care of yourself. And I think that's something that I struggled with a lot 
in high school was checking in with myself and understanding what I needed to do to make myself feel better so that it didn't come out in me procrastinating and making myself feel even more stressed or uh, lashing out on my friends or taking my anger out on my friends because I was really overwhelmed or stressed out with other things. So I think checking in with yourself is a huge thing, but also, like we mentioned before, having those coping skills um, to build on during the school year. Well, I know for me, I was most stressed out during the school year whenever there was a big due date coming up. So how to protect your mental health during the school year, I would say set and prepare a timeline of what you need to do, when you need to do it by. And if something comes up and you need an extension or you need extra support, don't be afraid to advocate for yourself because we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have random things popping up that need priority or need more attention than others. So don't be afraid to advocate for yourself and your teacher, if they are a supportive teacher, they should understand that. But I would say, yeah, prepare, prepare, prepare as much as you can to avoid that kind of stress. Yeah, I definitely think it's also healthy to express it to a trusted adult, parent, or teacher that a due date is coming up. And maybe if you don't feel ready and you do ask nicely, they could help you with it, like problem solve with you about why you're nervous, maybe even give you extra time for certain things. So it's always nice to speak up and have someone there to help you. Uh, our next question is, how would you have wanted an adult to support you during your back-to-school transition? I think the biggest thing for me probably would have been reassurance and maybe some guidance. I knew I couldn't expect that from my parents because they had never gone to high school, so they didn't really understand how that changed. And I think another really big thing was just, like, I really needed that reassurance that the world wasn't going to end going into high school because I think for me, having such a jarring experience and not understanding, like, all the different changes that were happening would have been really helpful. And I think guidance, too, in terms of, like, all of the different things that were changing. Because one, one of the biggest things that happened my freshman year of high school was that when we first started high school... Uh, and I introduced myself, people would ask, you know, like, what middle school did you go to? Because three different middle schools from the area fed into my high school. And so when I would tell them that I went to my middle school, they would always say, like, oh, you're scum. And I was like, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but sure. Like, I don't know what you're trying to get at with that. And then it didn't ha it didn't, I didn't realize it until my friend, like, explained to me, like, the reason why they call us scum is because we're coming from the low, com like, the low income middle school that's full of black and brown kids like mm -hmm. that's why they're calling us scum because we didn't go to the preppy prestigious predominantly white middle schools like we came from a heavily like immigrant background school and so having that guidance of like understanding like you know the dynamics are going to shift a lot because you're no longer in this space that you cultivated for yourself and having that reassurance that you know just because some people are going to treat you that way doesn't mean that everyone's going to treat you that way and I think for me, it was this idea that I felt really alone because that was like my first, what's the word? My first like experience of like, oh, like not everyone is going to be accepting or thinks the same way that I do. And so like, how do I navigate all of that on top of all the stress 
of being a freshman in high school and things like that. So I think having some sort of guidance from people who knew that experience would have been helpful. And I did eventually get that once I like sort of formed the bond with my English teacher, but that took a while. So not having that in the beginning, I think, uh, kind of affected the rest of my high school career. But if I had that, I think it would have been a lot more beneficial. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Maggie, do you have any thoughts? Oh, I have many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, my when I was in college, my professors did a really good job about this. But when I was in high school, I didn't feel like I knew all of the accessible resources that were there for me. Um, it being in high school, I knew there that there were some, but I didn't know specifically like what I had access to. So I would have wanted an adult, I would have wanted all of my teachers first day of class while we're going through what we're doing for this semester, I would have wanted them to say that, you know, here are the resources that are available for students, Here how, here's how you access them, um, let me know if you need support in accessing it or, you know, following up, any sort of thing like that. So I think that would have helped to just create more trust as well as support in the relationships that I had with my teachers. Um, and it also would have helped to just keep that open line of communication going, knowing that they support my mental health and they want me to be the best version of myself. That's wonderful. And so to end this episode, my last question for you both is what is one piece of advice you would give to someone who is nervous about going back to school? What are you telling your, your youth during prevention time? I am telling my 14-year-old self, <laughs> was I 14? Yeah, 14-year-old yeah. self 14. to embrace change, embrace growth. Um, it can be very scary going through change and growing as a person, but if you are feeling nervous, try to see school as that chance to develop new relationships, to learn everything you can educationally, yes, but also socially as well. Um, I think that that can help to build some confidence and maybe even overcome a little bit of those nervous tendencies or anxiety. Mm -hmm. Carolina? I think what I would have told myself is that change is not the end of the world and that the world is not going to crumble and fall apart and swallow you up <laughs> when <laughs> something happens or something goes wrong or something doesn't go the way that you planned or things change and you lose friends or you gain new friends or you feel something changing in the nature of your relationships or even you know, not knowing what you want to do in the future. That was something that I think I needed to hear when I was in high school and even in middle school too. Like, it's okay to not know what you want to do as long as you are entering things with an open mind and you're conscious of the fact that, yes, change is going to happen and eventually you're going to have to get used to it. Just accept that that's going to happen and that it doesn't mean that the world is going to end or that the world is falling apart and that you're going to come back from it stronger than you were before it happened. Yeah, thank you both so much for joining me today on the podcast. Y'all have such great advice, and I'm excited to see what prevention does this year in schools. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sarah's Inn podcast. You can listen to past episodes at sarahsintv.org or by just following Sarah's Inn podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. We hope you'll join us next time, and thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Just a quick reminder that October is Domestic Violence Action Month. Make sure to follow Sarah's Inn on social media to learn more about upcoming events for Domestic Violence Action Month.